Awards ceremonies. I'm sure most of you listening right now are familiar with these types of events. It's a time for celebration, a time for our clients to look back on the last 12 months and to showcase the best of the best in their particular company or industry. As event professionals, we help clients realize these events with them night after night. For me, it's up there as perhaps my favorite type of event to deliver with a client. So when it comes to celebrating the best of the best in our industry, the event industry, who organizes that? Today I speak with Elaine Linnell from the New Zealand Events Association or NZEA. We chat about the role of NZEA within the industry, as well as what goes into organizing the New Zealand Event Awards for our industry, the event industry. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Event Debrief Podcast. We chat with the best event professionals to hear their story and discover what inspires them. From event managers, technical producers, and to the team still loading the truck at 2am. Our mission is to create a place to connect, share ideas, and elevate the Australasian event industry. Let's get into it. Okay, here we go. Elaine Linnell, welcome to the podcast. It is so awesome to have you on. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. That's so awesome. Elaine, last time we worked together was Eventing the Future a couple of months ago. It was an awesome event uh, and amazing to see familiar event folk gather across two days and to hear industry experts talk about their insights. How was the event for your side? It was great. Yeah, it was my first Eventing the Future that I'd ever attended, let alone organized. So it was great. I loved producing an event again, and it was just amazing to get the industry together. I've been in the role for just over a year now. So having the conference sort of be towards the end of that first year was just really great to to meet everyone that I'd been working with. And what was really awesome about it was how everyone came together to make the event possible because we are running as an incorporated society in ZEA and we are, you know, pretty much running as a not-for-profit. And so having the support of the industry just was amazing to pull it together. Yeah, it was such a a cool event. I was uh, in a role that was uh, new for me. I was as an exhibitor as part of the production company and and Roadcone Waterlands. So, um, yeah, it was good to just talk to fellow stall um, exhibitors as well. We might stay with, you know, your role uh, in NZEA. A few questions I ask all of my wonderful guests. Can you tell our listeners, you know, a bit about yourself, your role as general manager of New Zealand Events Association or NZEA and what was your introduction into the event world? Yeah, sure. So I think I should probably start off by saying where I'm from, because for people listening will wonder where this bizarre accent is from. So I'm originally from the north of Scotland and I moved to New Zealand uh, when I was 12. So I did high school here and university down in Otago. And then I moved back to the UK after university. And I remember vividly in seventh form year 13, uh, sitting in the common room wondering what I was going to do with my life. I had no idea. And guidance counsellors were sort of forcing you in directions that you weren't quite sure you wanted to go in. And we were sitting in the common room and we were playing this silly game where you had to think of a career that started with the first letter of your name. 
and I couldn't think of anything. I was like, oh, I could be an elephant tamer. And then some guy in the room said, you should do events. I said, oh, yeah, I should do events. And this had just come off the back of me organizing the afterball party um, in seventh form uh, where I'd hired out the local tavern and ticketed the event and hired security and, you know, (laughs) ended up, you know, getting most of Warkworth to this party. Um, And I thought, actually, yeah, is events a possible career path? Like, I love organizing events. Maybe this is something I could do. So I looked into it and obviously back then you couldn't do events as a degree. So I went to the University of Otago and did a Bachelor of Commerce in Marketing and always knew I wanted to do events off the back of it. And then once I finished there, I moved to London and got a job in an event role in an investment bank. That's amazing. That's such a great story. (laughs) And here we are many years later. Still working in events because my name starts with an E. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you think it's so crazy that when you're really young, when all of us are really young, uh, there's this pressure from teachers and our parents to say, when you're this age and you you pick electives or whatever it might be, this is going to set you up. And and I don't know, I, I, I took electives. I'm I'm born and raised in Australia. I took electives. I don't know if that's the same terminology here, but that is completely not that, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. Totally. But But I feel so lucky that that was the path I took because I absolutely love events. I love what I do. And I stepped away from the world of events for a few years, um, a few years ago, and I didn't quite realize how much I missed events until... I came back into it. So yeah, Mm. I do feel very blessed that um, this is the career path that I chose. Awesome. And you have, uh, I was doing a bit of LinkedIn stalking. You have a um, bit of a background in marketing as well. I do. I do. And this sort of happened organically. So I went, once I finished in London working in events, I came back to New Zealand for the Rugby World Cup and worked on the Rugby World Cup in 2011 and then moved into a production role in the world of events and then thought I wanted to go back into the world of corporate events. So I did that for a year or so and there was a role internally in the marketing team looking after their sponsorship and activation. So it was still events, but it was also brand marketing. So I moved over into that role and really enjoyed that side of things. And I learned so much and I had an amazing manager who taught me so much and it kind of made me think actually marketing is a really good opportunity. And I was also coming to this point in my life where my I'd got married and I was thinking about having children and events is quite tricky when you, you know, are really in it and delivering and you're working long hours and nights and weekends. It can be tricky to have that balance. So marketing sort of just happened and then I continued to work in the marketing role for a number of years like I said and then I realized that I was missing events and when the role at NZEA came up I I went for it and I feel very lucky that I I got here. That's great. We might stay with NZEA. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit more about NZEA itself? What is the function of this association and what does it hope to achieve within the events industry? Yeah, sure. So the vision of NZEA is to elevate the event sector within New Zealand. 
by working, learning, innovating, and celebrating together. So that that's fairly broad in its thinking, but if you if you break it down to to what we try to achieve in sort of a day to day, week to week, month to month basis, is we've got a a member base of over a thousand people from the event sector around New Zealand. And our job is to help them grow, um, keep educating them on, on what's happening in the events world, but also advocate at local and central government levels for them on the issues that are happening around the country. So for example, at the moment, we all know that there's a significant funding gap. And so we've been trying to make some noise, especially around election time to make government understand the importance of events and not just from an economic perspective, but also from a social impact, community engagement. Um, there's so much joy that comes from events. And I think we saw during COVID that when events weren't there, so much was lost, you know, the engagement from people, communities, um, the happiness was gone almost because the events were gone. Um, so yeah, there, there's a lot of exciting opportunities within NZEA and we are a community of people and for everyone that works there, we've been there forever, right? Like everyone knows everyone else in this industry. Um, and I think what's great about NZEA is that it can bring it all together. So events like Eventing the Future and our annual awards, it celebrates the industry it brings everyone together and i think the importance of having that one voice for our sector is really important and having someone that can advocate and i i really hope that i can can do it justice that's a great point to highlight the ability to advocate for the industry is super important i remember during COVID times there are other sectors in new zealand who received support from the government but it felt like events got very little so knowing there's a voice for us all is good to know. Yeah, and there's a lot of people doing this in for events because events are so all-encompassing. We, we touch so many parts of everything, right? So what I've done a lot of since coming into the role as well is just building those relationships with people that can help as well, right? So if, if we can all be one voice, it makes it a lot easier. So BEIA, for example, shouldn't sit completely separate from NZEA and even the TIA and the tourism elements and hotels council. And we, if we can all bandy together and have the right points come across, then we can be a stronger voice. And I think that's the most important thing. We shouldn't all be fighting our own singular fights. Like we should, we should be doing it together. That's such a great vision, Elaine. That's awesome. I would like to, talk to you about uh, something that's uh, coming up at the end of the year. Uh, this is the NZEA Event Awards Night. This is a big night for the event industry. Uh, can you tell our listeners about the awards night, what it celebrates and its purpose in the event industry? Yeah, sure. So yes, as you said, NZEA New Zealand Event Awards are happening on the 9th of November down in um, Christchurch at Tepai Convention Centre. Uh, again, this is my first awards, so no pressure, right? Like having to organize the event for the event industry that celebrates success. But um, I'm really excited about this one. It's probably been one of the highlights of my time at NZEA so far. The, the judging process was 
it was just fascinating, right? We This year we had a record number of entries, which is awesome. But I think the main reason for that is because COVID sucked, right? Like, and the people that in the event industry that came out the other side of it want to be celebrated and fair play because it was rough. So I think those entry numbers represent that going, you know what, I've done okay here and I I deserve to be recognized in this space. So yeah, we, um, the judging process was great just to see those, those events come through. Like there was a number of events that I'd never heard of before that were, you know, awesome, like amazing people doing amazing things around the country. And it just gave me goosebumps. That whole process was really exciting. And I am super excited to celebrate with everyone in November. That's so cool. Uh, I'd love to talk about that judging process. You know, I don't, obviously we don't need to know any secrets, (laughs) but, you know, I'd love to know, you know, what are you looking out for? You know, they're all amazing events. And like you said, I've had a look through on the website and there's some that I'd never heard of and it's so awesome and that they are up and down the country. But, you know, what what are the benchmarks? What what are the judges looking for? You know, what does an event, what does an award-winning event look like to you and the and the judging team? And this is where it's been refined over the years uh, because events are so different, right? You've got something like the best music event category where you've got Ed Sheeran up against like the local band and the local cafe. Mm -hmm. So we've had to refine the the categories just to make it fair for everyone. So for example, we've um, done like community events over 3000 people and under 3000 people just to sort of break it down and make it slightly easier for the judges. Um, But our judges are amazing. They all come from events backgrounds or marketing backgrounds, and they all understand the workings, the inner workings of running an event. So they understand the complications that the people would have had to go through in order to put that event on, um, and not necessarily the big, shiny, all-budget events, because the local events that were fully fundraised for and got the local buy-in from the communities, um, the judges understand the effort and the the time and the organization that goes into those as well. So we were really fortunate with the judges that we we have had. Um, and I can only talk for this year, but they, they were all just so pragmatic in their judging. And it's all very fair too. There's a whole portal platform that is benchmarked and um, there's obviously no judges that have any conflicts of interest and Wendy uh, who's the administrator for NZEA is phenomenal like she she just ran that whole thing um, and it would have been a massive thing to juggle making sure that nobody sort of saw winners of categories that they they shouldn't have seen winners of so um, yeah it was it was just really heartwarming to see those entries come in. Cool is there a time period like I don't know a 12 month time period from <clears throat> x to y that I guess sits within the 2023 awards yeah so again that's all Wendy but um ultimately there's the time frame that the event has to take place and then there's the time frame for applications and then the time frame for judging and then the time frame to to sort of announce and get organized for the gala dinner 
so much organization. <laughs> yeah, I could really do with a bigger team. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah, that's that's a great, good point. Um, one question I have, how, how does someone or their company or someone who manages an event, organizes an event, how does someone enter their event into the awards? Do, do you approach them or does someone say, my event, I, I think it's up for at least consideration do they do they approach you how does that work no we don't we don't approach anyone to enter um we have an open policy where anyone can enter the the awards we are really specific in each category on what the criteria is for each award and we try and make it quite obvious that that's the that's the award category that you should enter there are times when um, entries have come in and we think that perhaps it would be better suited to a better a different category so we'll, we'll have that conversation with them but um, no that's up to the individual or the event owner to to put them through man that must like you know take a lot of guts for them I mean I don't know you know you know what I mean like you put your heart and soul soul in it and just say oh I think this is you know at least worthy of consideration it's pretty awesome from from their side yeah definitely um, and we totally understand the time it takes to put these entries together um it's not easy and in fairness in the in the judging and again this is where the judges are really pragmatic but you can't see the big shiny ones who have the support and the people and the teams that can dedicate time and energy and money into putting the entries together um you know videos and pages of information and stats and everything but again the the judging the judging panel just take that into consideration too so got you yep i think like you said very uh what was the word yeah everything's very fair that's so cool so i have one burning question and before i ask this question elaine uh i'm going to preface it with a story you know I think all event professionals uh, are familiar with this. So as event people, myself, you, and everyone uh, who might be listening to this, um, if I'm a punter and I go to an event, it could be anything. It could be, you know, a, a, a gig. It could be a wine festival out in, in the park. Um, but I know, with me, I can never not critique a gig, right? And I mean that in the most positive way, you know, we're always looking at lighting or the room layout or how does the band sound or, you know, what's the, how's the catering? So as the awards for, you know, the awards night, it's celebrating event people uh, with event people as the audience from an outsider, you know, this feels like the execution of this has to be, you know, at the highest level. What's what's your approach to this? You know, what what's the kind of the North Star of, you know, what's a success look like for you in, in for this event? Well, no pressure now, Polly, hey? Like, <laughs> thanks for that. Uh, um, I'm not going to the event, so you know that I'm not going to be <laughs> looking about, you know. <laughs> I wish I could. Um, it's funny you say that because I felt the exact same way before Eventing the Future. Um, I put a lot into Eventing the Future for 2023 at the Viaduct Event Centre and it's 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 actually quite scary going into that and like i said i hadn't produced an event for years and so 
it totally comes down to the team that you have around you because everyone knows events are not one person. It is a team of people making sure that they're doing their piece of the jigsaw puzzle ultimately. Mm-hmm. So eventing the future in by all accounts was, was a great event. Um, there was no big thing that went wrong. You know, often you can sort of pinpoint something that happens at an event that, you're like, oh God, but you know, the confetti cannon went off at the wrong time or something, you know, there's always, there's generally a moment. Um, and I didn't feel that with event in the future. And again, it comes down to the team that I had working around me. So I've done exactly the same for the awards down in Christchurch. I've got an amazing team of people who are all working really closely together to make sure that we don't put a confetti cannon off at the wrong time um, or the likes. <laughs> um, and it is a lot of pressure because, you know, we've got 300 plus amazing event professionals coming through those doors and critiquing everything. So if the video doesn't play or the stage looks funny or whatever it is, I will be told about it because I was told about it at Eventing the Future too. So, um, but it's exciting and I am looking forward to doing a couple of cool new things that I've been wanting to do for a while and seeing if they fly or not. I must admit, eventing the future looked great, sounded great. As much as you said, there was a lot of pressure. I must say, yeah, executed very well, Lane. So it was very good. Thank you very much. Like I said, massive team effort. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I'm gutted I'm not going to to Pi, but I'd like. I mean, I can't wait to see photos. You know, I'm sure it's going to look amazing and it's going to be awesome. It is. It is going to be good. And how long has the event been running for? Like, have you seen it evolve over the years? Uh, so yeah, I obviously only joined last year, but I did have a little dig around the archives to see what I could find, um, and the awards were introduced in 2014. So it looks like we'll have to do a 10-year celebration next year for the awards. Um, It was first held at the Air Force Museum in Christchurch, and it had Mm -hmm. nine categories and 57 entries. So this year we have 17 categories and significantly more entries, um, seeing as we have 73 finalists, let alone entries. So, yeah, it's been going for a long time, and... Again, just great that somebody thought to introduce it and celebrate this amazing industry. That's awesome. And congratulations to all the finalists. Uh, I must admit there's one person who is a finalist. I don't need to name names, but he's a finalist and he's asked he asked me to help with a reference for his entry. So uh, I'll, be, I'll be cheering for him. He knows who he is. Oh, nice. <laughs> As you mentioned, this year the event will be held in Tapai in Christchurch. Is it is the aim to hold it in a different city each year? Yeah, absolutely. We try and move it around as much as possible. We are currently working on where it's going to be held next year already with the aim to announce the venue and city at the awards. Amazing. With With that different city... Do you try to, I guess, use local teams just to, I guess, get everyone involved? Is that the plan? Absolutely. So for the awards in Christchurch, we are 
predominantly using local suppliers. So the AV company are from Christchurch. Um, the catering is in-house. Uh, the All of the theming and decor and everything is from there. And the MC is Miriam Akano, who is from Christchurch as well. So She's amazing. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. We just wanted everything to be local um, from the menu to the beverages to everything to really highlight Christchurch. Uh, I don't know if you know, but we put out an expression of interest for host cities to host the awards and eventing the future. And Christchurch won the bid to host the awards. And as part of that, we, we want to ensure that Christchurch is on show and that mm. we are highlighting everything that they are doing. And to be fair, Christchurch are on show at the moment. They, their events um, team and the delivery and they, they're thriving. Like they have a really good handle on what events can do for the community and for the um, economy. And it's fairly admirable at the moment. Christchurch is really well set up, you know, with the convention center, there's hotels literally walking distance away. There's the riverside, you know, where all the food is. I just feel like how they've got everything so close in terms of, you know, bringing a, an awards night or a conference, uh, you know, in, uh, guests out of town, for argument's sake, they're just so well set up for all of that. It's such, it's so cool. I, I think that city's so cool. It is, yeah. I was just down there last weekend and it was, like you say, everything's just walking distance. They're, they're, they're doing a, an amazing job. Yeah, so one other thing we have for the this year, and we've done it in previous years, is the public voting for New Zealand's favourite event. So all of the finalists for the excellence categories go into a public vote, which is hosted on Event Finder, and uh, everyone gets to vote who they think the best favourite event was, and they will be crowned the winner at the gala dinner. But on top of that, Phantom Bill stickers have come to the party um, being um, that they're putting street posters up around the country to try and get the public engagement to vote for the favourite event uh, that's happened around around New Zealand, which means that, you know, not just the person with the biggest following is going to potentially get the get the the prize on the night. So it's pretty exciting. That's cool. I, uh, that's, that's such a cool, I guess, a different way, a different way to, to have people interact with the awards program. I'll, I'll be sure to, to vote. Yeah, cool. No, it's, it's, a, it's a cool one. Um, we wanted to do something other than just hosting it on Event Finder and hoping that people will go to it. And Event Finder are amazing because they're obviously putting on their platform and they're sending it out to their database, but we wanted just Joe blogs to see it on a street poster and, and, and scan it in. So um, Crombie Lockwood, who are now Gallagher Insurance, have, have come to the party and they, they're sponsoring that award. And so, um, mm. yeah, it's 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 a, just a really, I'm excited about it just to get a little bit more exposure. But that's my marketing side coming out. <laughs> Wanted some cool <laughs> posters around the country. <laughs> that's very cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, This is, I'm really, I'm super excited. I'm pumped about this uh, awards. Mm. So Elaine, what would you say is the biggest challenge for you and NZEA right now? Funding. Simple as that. It's just money, right? Um, from NZEA's own P&L right through to the sustainable funding from the government. 
for the industry. We all know that the industry's had it tough and costs are skyrocketing and, you know, sponsorships harder and harder to come by because everyone's pulling the purse strings a bit tighter. And so money, that's the biggest challenge at the moment. In the last month or so, I believe so, yeah, I've signed up for to be a mentor and uh, I'm, I'm going through that and uh, I've, I've looked online on, on the price of uh, being a member of NCDA and to everyone out there, it's not that much really. Go and have a look uh, and yeah, so hopefully that's helping every, <laughs> every little bit that it can, but um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like the, the membership to NZDA is really affordable. And this isn't a sales pitch. It's we, we want to make it affordable because we believe we're offering a really good service for the people in the event industry. Being a member of NZDA means you get access to the member only portal, which has checklists, resources, white papers, webinars from all of the past webinars that we've ever done with anyone. Um, and, but it also gives you discounted insurance and uh, discounted tickets to events. So, you know, if you use the benefits, it would outweigh what you actually are paying for the membership. So, and that, that's been a huge focus of mine since starting because I wanted to make sure that the members felt that they were actually getting some value back. And sure, part of being a member of NZEA is being part of the industry and being able to be a stronger voice for events. So having the community of people is so important to us because it means that our voice is stronger when we are advocating for certain things. But on top of that, we want to make sure that day to day, the members still feel value. Yeah, I've had a look at some of those webinars that are in that portal here and it's awesome. Uh, I, yeah, I'll put my hand up and say, yeah, there's some great value with having that as a resource when you, when when we all, we all need it, we all need to grow. So it's awesome. So Elaine, where do you get your inspiration from with, you know, these events, Eventing the Future, um, NZDA Awards, you know, is it, is inspiration come from other events, social media or blogs? Where does that come from for you? Yeah, I'm always scouring the web, social media, old school magazines, just to find some cool new things, right? Um, I subscribe to the likes of BizBash and EventTech and Bold Push. Um, I look at things in the UK, USA, Australia, just, just see what see what's happening. Because I do also believe we're the, you know, especially eventing the future, like that's the event for the event industry. And if we're going to call it eventing the future, then we should probably have some things that are trending in the future. And so trying to be ahead of the curve. Um, but it's, I find it exciting. Like I'm always trying to look for new things and listen to new podcasts on events and, you know, get daily updates from across the globe just to see what's really happening. It's, I love it. Yeah. Have you seen videos online of this, this sphere yeah. that's in Las Vegas? Doesn't it look incredible? <laughs> it's out of control. Like it's amazing. Bucket list though. Like yeah. I totally want to go and experience that. Yeah, straight away I was thinking, there's probably some like sound guys and, and especially video guys that are like, okay, yeah, bucket list. I need to get on that gig somewhere. Totally. You know, or, or see a live event. Like, we need to go to Vegas. I don't know, someone, we need to 
find the money, then we all need to go to Vegas. But it's also exciting that people are pushing the boundary for live events like that. Like, if that's mm-hmm. happening now, will that just be mainstream in 10 years' time? Like, it's pretty exciting. I love seeing new yeah. tech. And the thing is, it's not necessarily it's new tech. It's just tech being used to make a different experience. Correct. You are right. Yep. It's super cool. It's Very exciting. What has been the biggest changes you've seen in the industry over your career? Technology, probably. Even though I've just said that the technology exists, uh, it has changed so much. You know, I think back to when I was first putting on conferences and award shows back in the sort of late 2000s, and it was pretty basic, right? You had a projector, you had a stage, and I was in the UK, so we did a lot of like stage sets, like every time you'd create like a whole new stage set, but the the technology was exactly the same. And now, Mm -hmm. you know, you go and we just talked about Sphere and how epic that immersive experience is, but also COVID did bring that level of virtual reality to the forefront again and go, actually, this tech exists, so let's just use it in a way that highlights the event industry yeah that's super cool um the the other thing too is the sustainability right like i just talked about every event we would build a new stage set and what was happening to that i was going into some warehouse and then probably getting chucked in the trash like these days that just doesn't happen as much everyone in the events world is way more sustainable earlier on i talked about confetti cannons like they just barely exist anymore because it's just Mm -hmm not sustainable to be doing that printed menus printed name cards printed programs everything Mm -hmm. is moving away from that which is great because the digital option exists so why should we not be using it everyone's got their phone on them pretty much all of the time so let's use that as the tool to bring our events a little bit more interactive yeah that's really good yeah there's there's some changes within the confetti cannon slash pyrotechnics world where uh, the the let's say the product uh, the confetti is is made out of paper and they're moving away from that shiny surface that's on it even though it looks amazing but yeah, it's non-sustainable so it's quite cool to to see uh, to hear of those changes that are happening mm. um, so that spectacle's still there but how do we change it slightly so the end product can be recycled which is awesome exactly what is one resource that you would add today to make your life easier? You know, if, if money wasn't a barrier, who would you be hiring or what would you be adding to your everyday life? I'd definitely be adding more people. You know, currently it's myself and Wendy that run the association and there is so much to do. So not only are you managing the accounts and the sponsorships and the events and the webinars and the resources and the website and the social media, you're doing all of the things. And if we just had a couple more people that could just help elevate it, it would mean that we would be able to just go so much quicker and so much higher than we currently are. I didn't realize it was just you and Wendy. <laughs> sure is. I must have been. I thought there was a big team. Congrats. You too. Well done. Fire out. <laughs> yeah, there, there's, it's high, high output from us. Um, yeah. And look, we do have an amazing board who are active as well. So they are they are really helpful. And we have got regional reps around the country 
who help us with the regional engagement and um, you know we utilize them where we can as well that's awesome Helene, where do you see the event industry in the next 12 to 36 months you know like international travel is is back in full swing we talked about using tech and digital transformation where, where do you see where do you see our industry going we're just going from strength to strength right i was reading some articles around where marketing spend should be going and the majority were saying events because yes you can put it into below the line and above the line campaigns but human connection is where it's at so i'm hopeful that events are going to get put back onto the the marketing lists as their top priority again um and you know the sponsorship activations that can be done around it the technology that can be used and yeah i'm actually super pumped because yeah we had a crappy few years and then we thought we'd do an amazing summer of festivals and everything and then we got slammed by rubbish weather and in fairness, it'll just be exciting to do a full calendar year of events as per normal in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, another thing I'm really excited about is the data piece. So we've been doing some research with EY on the state of events in New Zealand, because without the data, it makes it really tricky to have conversations with local and central government around the you know, economic contributions of events and the social impacts, community aspects. So the work that we're doing with EY is really important because that's not only going to give us like qualitative data, but also quantitative data on the world of events in New Zealand. And so we started that journey and it is a journey. It's a hard slog, but it's going to be really exciting when we get a better picture of events in New Zealand. That's great. And, you know, hopefully by the time we get to 12 months from now, 2025 at least, uh, the convention centre in Auckland is going to open up and it just uh, starts to, yeah, make New Zealand more more and more and more an attractive place to, to do events. I'm uh, really looking forward to that. Yeah, and I know I'm banging on about it a little bit recently, but the sustainable funding from the government is so important because – New Zealand loved the FIFAs and the Rugby World Cups, but we don't have any in the pipeline because the sustainable funding's not there. So we're not able to bid to have these events in New Zealand because we're sort of working like one year, two years in a funding level, but we need to be bidding on those like five, 10 years out in order to get them there. So, and continuously having something in the pipeline is so important. So I am hopeful that the government will see that and understand that we need to be bringing these big events to New Zealand. I have a question, and this might be a silly question, but when you talk about sustainability, is is that, as you mentioned, kind of bidding on things a few years out, sustainability that way? Exactly. So the sustainability is just having access to the money that you know is going to be available over the years instead of saying, okay, here's your pot of money now but it might not be there in three years time. So it's Mm. just making sure that, and that's not just from a a New Zealand level, that needs to be across the board. So even the local and regional councils know how they can plan their, you know, five-year plan, 10-year plan. Some good insight. Yeah, that's 
fascinating. Ah, it's just super important. And I think the numbers are going to help back that up. Yeah, it's good to have real data to support that, right? Always. Just stepping outside of the event world, what's your favourite thing to do to relax, Elaine? Well, I've got a lovely family, wonderful husband and two kids, so I like just spending time with them. And the role I'm in currently gives me the opportunity to do that. My kids are young, so it's I've got a lot of flexibility in the role that I'm in, which I love, and getting mm-hmm. to spend time with my family. And we're going on a big trip at the end of the year, so traveling um, is really exciting for us as well. So we're off to the UK and Thailand at the end of the Mm -hmm. year, which will be wonderful. That's awesome. I'm going to the Philippines in December for a few weeks. So I'm supposed to go in 2020, but something happened. Something happened to all of us. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, uh, and the, and yeah, the, the, the tickets were, yeah, we have to use it by the end of the year. So yeah. Oh, awesome. That'll be lovely though. That'll be super good. And Elaine, what, event are you most proud of you know it doesn't need to be the biggest gig you've ever worked on or with the most famous artists it could be anything like a gig in your hometown or maybe with like a super awesome team but yeah what what gig are you most proud of i guess going back a number of years many many years when i moved to london i like i said i wanted to work in events so i got a job placement at an investment bank just working as a EA or PA uh, for one of the teams. And I got in touch with the events team when I was there and just emailed them and said, look, I really want to work in events. Can I, can I meet you? Can I get an in somehow? And they met me for a coffee that same day. And I think by the end of the next day, I had a contract to go work in their team, which was so exciting and total opportunist moment for me to just try and work it out but thankfully from a timing perspective it worked out really well the bank I was working for was Investec they look after the they have the sponsorship for the super rugby and they looked after the autumn internationals and so it was around the autumn internationals that I had reached out and so they were swamped they were trying to host hospitality suites for over a thousand people at Twickenham and so they I ended up going and working for them and proving that I could work in events and I learned so much from them. And I remember about a year in to that job, so really fresh in the events world. And my boss came down quite ill and she was looking after the hospitality for the Nelson Mandela's 90th birthday party in Hyde Park. and. I got the call up. She was like, Elaine, you need to look after this corporate hospitality um, for Nelson Mandela. You need to go and do a meet and greet with him, with the execs. And it was just this moment in my career where I thought, how have I got here? Like, what has happened? So went and did this meet and greet with Nelson Mandela in London and then followed on by this corporate hospitality side of stage for the celebrations of his birthday in Hyde Park in London so it was a real moment where I thought yeah I love events this is this is 
what I want to be mm-hmm. and uh, just super grateful for the opportunities that came from that one moment mm-hmm. where I reached out and said, can I work in your team? So. That's amazing. <laughs> it, was pretty, that's so it was pretty cool. amazing. I have yeah. now gone on to marry a South African and um, he, he just can't believe that that happened. <laughs> I was going to say, is that like a bit of bragging rights? <laughs> totally. Wow. All right, that's cool. All the people that, you know, I, I speak with, you know, I think what's cool about the event world is exactly what you said. You kind of, you get, you all of a sudden, yeah, you're side of stage or you're somewhere in another country. You're like how, out of everyone in the world, how come someone called me up and asked me to go to this place or work with it? It's, 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 it's pretty exciting, this, this industry. Yeah, it is. That's awesome. Elaine, what is the single most valuable piece of advice you would give someone starting out in the event industry? Take the risk, right? With what I just said, I literally sent an email to the right person at the right time and it launched my career in events. So take the risks, do the time, because as much as I'm calling out the fun, exciting stories of the event world, I was still doing like 70, 80 hour weeks and you're working a lot but because the passion is there, it doesn't feel like it, right? Like you come off gigs on such a high because it's exciting and it's fast paced and every day is different. It's, but the advice is just take the risk, ask the people, do the time, like volunteer if you have to, but it's such an exciting industry to be in and like I said earlier, I just feel so blessed that this is the career choice that I that I have. So that's awesome. So Elaine, who is one person you'd recommend I chat with on the podcast? Ooh, one person. I don't want to throw anyone under the bus here, but I think the people that are always really interesting to hear from are the people who have started with nothing and got something cool, right? So. I listened to one recently with Hamish Pinkham, for example, and it was just an idea that he had at university and now he is 20 years in to Rhythm and Vines. And it was just a really inspiring podcast to listen to because I like those success stories where you just have an idea. And that's ultimately what events are. You have an idea Mm -hmm. and you see it through, but the longevity of that's really cool. So maybe someone like Wild Food Festivals, any of those, like the world of wearable arts, it's exciting to hear, you know, the ones that have become really successful that just started with a crazy idea. Mm, yeah. I'm halfway through listening to the Hamish mm. Pinkham one. Yeah. And it's cool to hear where he's like, oh, the first one we had this amount of people and that was it. And to kind of see that to where it is now. And I saw him speak live and he was like, uh, rhythm is now a small village the size of Fakatane for for a week in Gisborne, and it's like, oh my gosh! Yeah, but what's really cool about that podcast is he's so honest. Like, it hasn't been easy sometimes, and his brutal honesty on how the lows are low, but the highs are high, and I think that's really fascinating. So Elaine, we're close to wrapping up this interview. Uh, one last question 
you know, where can our listeners find you and NZEA? You can find NZEA at www.nzea.co. We've also got a fairly strong social media presence on LinkedIn and Facebook, and you can always reach out to me personally. Awesome. Cool. Okay. Elaine, thanks so much for coming onto the podcast. This has been so awesome to you and all of our wonderful listeners out there. Thanks for listening. And as we always say, we'll see you on the next one. Thank you. If you want to hear more from the event debrief, please consider following us as well as sharing it with the people you know. It will really help us grow the channel. If you want to get in touch, you can find us on Instagram and simply search for The Event Debrief. Feel free to send us a message. I like it when listeners say hi. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and as always, thanks for listening.